0: Welcome to the Jerry T Podcast. I'm joined by Dave Shields this time. Uh did a little bonus ep last week with Brian Gottlieb, managed to trap him in a hotel room. Apologies for the audio quality or lack thereof, but I, th- I think we're going to sound good this week, Dave.
1: I mean, I hope so. I'm a little under the weather, so I might be a little froggy, but sound quality-wise should be better.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little sniffly and, and like coffee and whatnot too, but just it's, it was cold in Pittsburgh, you know, that's it.
1: Yeah, it's just that time of year.
0: Yeah, but uh I I've been playing Pioneer all goddamn day, man.
1: Wow. I'm excited to hear about it.
0: You shouldn't be. You really shouldn't be.
1: You figured out a bunch of stuff that doesn't work?
0: Uh I I figured a bunch of stuff out. So like as an outside observer, where is where is your head at? What's it looking like for you? I
1: I mean, I've only perused deck lists and been in a mixture of chats with people that appear to be all over the place. Um, I've been working quite a bit and trying to prepare for baby. So I like jump back into these chats with friends that are going to Atlanta, like every say 36 hours. And it feels like they pivot wildly. So they're (laughs) just ping ponging all over the world. It feels like nobody has a strong clue what's going on. Um, I can say that, like, from afar, if I was going, I would just be playing Phoenix and trying to play as many games of Phoenix as I could and just, like, not trying to get involved in too much of this nonsense.
0: Any specific build you like there? Basically, like, pieces versus pick lock? I mean, I would, I would tend to lean towards
1: the cheaper, lower curve, especially when things seem to be as volatile as they are, so probably avoid the pieces, but... Um, the trend back in that direction recently has not been super surprising for me to see. I will say that, like in my general perusing of deck lists, like people, nobody loves thing in the ice, man. Everybody's still on the shredder, shredder bandwagon. So
0: actually here's the thing. I think shredder is good now. Whoa. Okay. We have a change of pace. Copter means that thing doesn't wipe everything.
1: Got it. I guess that makes some sense.
0: And also, Shredder means you probably have a big flying body. So, I think that that when Shredder is better than Thing, the deck is at least a little bit better because Shredder certainly plays more into your overall game plan, right? Like, you know, flying attackers, uh, Shredder does the looting thing, you get your Phoenixes in the Graveyard, contributes to Delve and whatnot. I think Shredder is the better fit for the deck in a vacuum, but when people are playing things like Red-Green and Boros and, like, they they don't have a bunch of vehicles, I mean, I I don't think Boros should be playing the vehicles, but uh, Boros is just, like, not not that big of a deal right now.
1: Yeah, and, like, Thing in the Ice is really good at winning, like, broken games where your deck doesn't really do what it's supposed to, but you just, like, randomly have a Thing in the Ice and they don't have an answer for it and it can, like, single-handedly win you the game.
0: Yeah. But other than that, if you're just trying to be like smooth, clean, and like you just have to use a couple spot removal spells. You don't need this like oh crap reset button, then then you don't have to play thing. But uh the the format had just been in a spot where Thing in the Ice was so good for so long because there are things like humans and mono green devotion and whatever, and like these decks mostly just don't exist anymore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I it feels to me from afar, like, there's still a pretty big debate of what even archetypes are good. And that seems to be, like, ping pong around. And then it seems like each individual archetype still has quite a bit of debate of, like, how do you even build this?
0: And that uh, seems, like, yeah. pretty
1: true across the board.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, uh, think, I think for the RC, there are three good decks.
1: All right, we're going to lead on that. Go for it.
0: Uh, I think it is... Rakdos, uh, I I would lean probably mid-range and not Sack, but I think Sack is potentially good, but people are just doing the thing where they take the old deck and put Copter in it and not, yeah. not really changing much from there. Uh, so, like, Rakdos mid, Phoenix, uh, Shredder, and... Picklock or pieces, I think both are fine. I would not do like two galvanic, two trespass. I would maybe do like one in one, one if you wanted to do that, but I don't I don't think you need to. So I just I, I, I would be picklocking if I were going, but who knows? And then the last one is the Amalia deck.
1: Yeah. Deck looks good from afar.
0: If you played against it.
1: I have watched streams of people playing and playing against it, but I have not experienced it myself.
0: Yeah. Watching watching is mostly the same thing, but I will say that when when you are playing the games, you realize exactly how tough the game is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus just like spectating. It's like, oh wow, the Somali deck like keeps rebuilding or whatever. But like as you're playing, you're just like, all right, I'm I'm behind. All right, I kill this thing. They have to not have like one of Sixteen cards or whatever. Oh crap! They had one. All right, I have to use like my last thing, and then you're just like hoping that they don't peel, but of course they will because their deck is super redundant. So, uh, it is it is a tough deck to beat. I found some things that are good though. All right, take me through it. Well, I've been I've been playing a lot of black decks, and not not just Rakdos mid, Rakdos sack. Uh, I. Did a little bit with mono black, which was fine, and I it, so like I'm LCQing this weekend anyway, right? Yeah, and who knows if I will even manage to qualify, but if I do something like oh, I'm playing like my fourth LCQ, mono black might be one of those decks where I'm just like yeah, whatever, I'll try this. Uh, okay, it's 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 fine. It's got like some stuff. Going on for it. Obviously, like you don't have a whole lot of like engine y stuff, uh, at least outside of your lands. Like getting a bunch of castle locked is obviously good, but a lot of your stuff is like just pretty bad against fire impulse and the like.
1: But where are we on like the aggro mid range scale here?
0: I'm fairly aggro. Like the old list played 12, sometimes 13 one drops. I have 10, and I could see that number being anywhere from 8 to 12. Okay. Uh, but I got I got some deep cavern bats. I like that card. Uh have some threes in my deck, none of which are spawn of mayhems. And then I've occasionally had like a shieldred main. Usually have one or two in the sideboard. Um, but
1: And and we left our gifted etherborns in our cell box, correct?
0: Uh, for now.
1: Good. Snook did,
0: Snook did message me and he's like, "Hey, do you have waste knot cards?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> friends, don't let friends do that, man.
0: I was like, "Yeah." I was like, "Do you play Rakdos?"
1: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "I do, but you can't have them."
0: Yes. No. I. I. That might have been exactly what I said to him. <laughs> I have them. I'm gonna bring them. You cannot have them. Yep. I will tear them up in front of you, despite having just purchased these hideous waste knots from the bone sheet. So, this is a
1: typical Snook thing on like Monday and Tuesday. He like explores and, you know, baits me into thinking he's going to play a deck that's not Rakdos. And then by Thursday, Friday, he's like doing mental gymnastics to rationalize why he's playing Rakdos.
0: Yeah. He needs to, he needs to stop doing that. Just, just be realistic. Even if it's to the point of, look, this deck is probably bad, but I'm going to play it anyway because at least I'll have fun or whatever, you know?
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm not playing this. I'm just gonna play Rakdos because reasons. And I'm like, dude, let's just be real. You you were always just gonna play Rakdos.
0: Yeah. Don't don't try and convince me that your reasons are sound. Yeah. You're trying to convince yourself more than me.
1: Yes, he is definitely convincing himself. But anyway. I still enjoy it. The discourse is fun. <laughs> uh,
0: can't so I can't t- do it.
1: T- take me through your journey. Where did your week start from a pioneer perspective? Where did your head start? When? How did you get to the, these black decks?
0: Well, let. I okay, so so Copter's legal. Yeah. Like the, the end is it's I, I feel like black is just one of the better cards to pair with it because either you're doing Rakdos Mid stuff, you're doing cauldron familiar stuff, which obviously like leads you to Mayhem Devil. Uh Mono Black Aggro was probably the best Copter deck back in the day. Uh, it also fuels like some self-mill stuff and some madness stuff. Both of things those things are tied in black to some degree. So, it has been a lot of black decks. And I I honestly haven't even looked at, like, I don't know, clunky red-green copter. Like, eight elves, four copter kind of nonsense.
1: Yeah, I would be surprised if those decks are good, given especially some of the Amelia stuff that's going on, but who knows?
0: Yeah, I don't think it's bad. I mean, part of the problem that I'm running into is, like, a lot of the creatures are so small ball and like, maybe they give you a little bit of like weird value or whatever, but actually killing someone is kind of tough, especially when you're all sort of doing the same stuff where you have like small creatures and fatal bushes and copters. And it's just like, how do you really get an edge in that world? You know? Yeah. And I think the red green deck does a good job of that because you have a crone war, you have chariot. So if, if that is, the fight that, that people are on, then maybe it's good. I don't know. But anyway, the, the Amalia stuff. All right. So, with these black decks, kind of what you have to do is just, like, keep killing their stuff. And ideally, if you have, uh, you know, some sort of sweeper that is good against them and not so good against you, then that is great. Uh, Otherwise, you can just do the thing, at least with mono black, where... Maybe, you're some, maybe some of your stuff is recursive. You have Scrap Heap, Scrounger. You have Copter that won't die to, like, Path of Peril or Languish or whatever you're trying to do. Uh, and then maybe you can do that where it's like, I'll just, like, hold my one drop, sweep their board, now play it out, and like, start hitting with Copter, and maybe by the time they rebuild, I'll be able to, like, have looted into another sweeper or something. But I found a better option. There's a card that mostly just kills all their stuff and keeps all your stuff alive by the name of Glistening Deluge. Whoa. Do you know this card? No. This this is from the Toxic set. Uh, March of Machines. I want to want to call it Mother of Machines because of Elishnorn, but uh, 1 BB Sorcery. All creatures get minus 1, minus 1 until end of turn. Creatures that are green and or white get an additional minus 2, minus 2 until end of turn.
1: 3 for them, 1 for you. Got it.
0: Yeah, so it's real nice. Uh, just, you know, Knight of the Ebon Legion survives. If you have Evolved Sleeper that has been leveled up once, that survives. Your bats are going to die, which is sad. I, I don't really like having both of those in my deck at the same time, but, you know, it is what it is. And then the other thing that I've been doing is uh, a lot of my decks have some Grafdigger's cages in the sideboard.
1: Okay. That makes sense. Lines up what it's hitting eight of their cards, but eight of their better cards that are going to be 12. Because
0: the ham- they have like company cord and return to the ranks. I think they, they'll play like three return to the ranks, but there's also a couple like extraction specialists in the deck or whatever.
1: Sure. Yeah. So that that trades up and makes sense. And if it feels like if you're going to play a longer game against them, especially post board seems almost mandatory to try to interact with these things.
0: Yes. And I've had people bring in, like, Shaper Sanctuary against me, which is fine. Uh, I I just generally don't have that much spot removal anyway. It's like six main, maybe go up to seven or eight or whatever. But mostly, mostly just trying to beat them with sweepers and cages, just making them have dead cards and making it harder for them to recover after a sweeper.
1: Yeah. Lines up.
0: It's kind of awkward, though, because Cage is not the graveyard hate card you want against Phoenix.
1: No. No, it's not.
0: So, I'm looking at my model black deck right now. My sideboard is four Leyline Line of the Void, two Graft Digger's Cages, like we're living in Dredge World, but they're just for different decks.
1: Yeah, it's pretty awkward that you have so much overlap for, usually cards you wouldn't see in the same sideboard.
0: Yeah. And I, I don't know if there's a way around it. Um, I don't know, I'm looking at Other stuff where I have some creatures that have light Graveyard Hate applications, Graveyard Trespasser, uh, Lord Skidder, Misery Shadow to some degree, but those are more so good against the Amalia deck than they are against Phoenix, you know? Yep. It is not an ideal place to be when you need to stop Company and Treasure Cruise.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. Two cards that like again are going to grind you out if you don't. So if you're going to play a game that lasts a little while, which it seems like you almost have to against these decks given how low their curves are otherwise like. Yep. You're almost between a rock and a hard place.
0: Yeah, so that's that's the best solution that I found where before I was like, "Well, I can't play cage because I need my graveyard hate for Phoenix or whatever." And I was like, I just got to a point where I was like I have to play both. Just straight yep. up. It's just what I have to do. And It should be noted that, kind of obviously at this point, I have no damping spheres anywhere near any of my sideboards. Yeah. And it's unclear if
1: Lotus is even, like, a thing people want to be doing at this point, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I still have, like, Thoughtseize and Bats and a reasonable clock, like, at least in this Mono Black deck. Um, And then I think the other stuff that I have is maybe a little bit slower, but Amalia can just, kill them on turn three so like i don't know hope hope those decks just beat the the lotus homies for me i guess
1: yeah and like listen i would assume like your deck with 10 or 12 one mana creatures is like you at least have some sort of plan where you can put a reasonable clock on them right
0: yeah i mean it it is it's kind of anemic beats you know night of the ebon legion evolve sleeper like they're good but they take a while to get going
1: yeah that's fair and, like, Lotus always struggled with the decks that put the fastest clock on them, right? Like... Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. All right, so, so we're on these black decks. Where do we go from here?
0: Uh, I thought Sac was probably going to be the best, mostly because it is... Like, Mayhem Devil is just pretty good in Copter Mirrors. Just... Picking off all the small stuff and like you have a little bit of an enginey type thing going. And given how the format looks, you could play Meat Hook Massacre Main. which yeah. I ha- which I have currently, and has been pretty good. And also does kind of like double duty. We're like you know how ma- one mayhem devil just might not accomplish a whole lot. But, like, when you have two, like, oh, that's actually a clock. Like, that's basically what Meat Hook is doing. Just making it more likely that you have more sack payoff things. So, I've, I found that, like, closing games is actually not that difficult. You know, it's, like, turn six, turn seven or whatever. But, like, better than turn ten, like the old versions.
1: Yeah. Like, listen, on paper, Rakdos sack plus Meat Hook Massacre, like, b- both of those, that deck and that card both seem well lined up. Against whatever everything else that's happening, and they seem well to, they, to work well together. Um, there was a pioneer showcase over the weekend, and Logan, who's been the Racto SAC champion for so long, played. He, it doesn't look like he changed the card from his list. Yeah, from no copters pre ban, no copters or anything, which is a little bit shocking.
0: I mean, he uh, also went like three and two. So
1: yeah, I mean, it, it's a very narrow, small sample size event. I'm more curious about what decisions he made rather than what his re- actual record was. Yeah, but sure. Um. Yeah, seeing no no changes there is definitely on the surprising side. Listen, like the fa- claim, the firstborn also is a car that looks like it lines up pretty well against the non Phoenixy things right now. So
0: honestly, I mean, it's still not bad against them because of Shredder. And I mean, I guess if they didn't have Shredder, they'd have Thing in the ice. So like either way, it's still decent, and you kind of want to. Save your fatal pushes for a crackling Drake because that's like the only thing that kills it. So I think yeah. you mostly just have to keep all of that in post board against them. So like I don't even think it's bad.
1: Yeah, I'm more just like listen. At least historically, when claim was good, Zach was good, right? That was like at least how I was always looking at it. And then amount of decks playing creatures where claim is live is like pretty high right now. So.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, The problem for me before was just having a sack outlet, and that problem has not really been alleviated.
1: Yeah, and and if anything, the tension for that is a little higher because trying to fit Copter into the deck fills up a lot of those slots where you you, you maybe wanted to try to squeeze in an extra sack outlet or two, even though they don't really exist.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the the outlets do exist. They're just not good cards, really. Like, you can play Priest, you can play uh, Souls of the Lost, you can play, like, an Annihilating Glare to Wombo Combo, you could play uh, a Village Rites as, like, the fifth deadly dispute. You know, like, there's, there are things you can do, but, yeah, I agree with you. Once you have Copter in the deck, well, now it's it's suddenly a lot tighter. Yeah. Uh, there are only other...
1: any clean, obvious choices is, like, the point.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, other thing that I think is like, kind of big, but small in that I'm only playing one right now, but I might go up to two, is I started playing a copy of Mirex, uh, where these decks previously would maybe have, like, a Mutavolt or whatever, and then in terms of, like, Rakdos mid, if they had Mutavolt, it it's, like, kind of awkward with, like, Croxa and whatnot, but, like, Mirex sort of solves that. It can still be kind of awkward, but uh, yeah, but... Myricks helicopter Myr- Copter is nice.
1: Yeah, and it sounds like it lines up a little better. And that's a card that, at least playing with it in standard, surprised me at how useful it ended up being in like weird spots.
0: Yeah, we were talking about how getting to five for Den of the Bugbear, Hive of the Eye Tyrant is a little bit tougher now. It certainly is. And, you know, Myricks is the sweet spot of four mana.
1: Yeah. so it's interesting. My- I like that one. I, I would definitely buy that.
0: Yeah. Uh my, my Rakdos mid currently has two Murex and one of each of the creature lands. That's I good.
1: Mean, I that that makes sense to me. I've never been a fan of the Muta Vaults in the Rakdos mid-range decks. Um in my in the smaller sample size of me playing with mid-range, I I feel like I feel like I get punished every time I draw a muta but
0: Yeah, I I think if you're like, well, I kind of want a 26 land. It should be a utility lands. I, I don't think you can really go wrong with it, but certainly the way the games are playing out now and like you go hellbent with like Copter and Fable. Uh I, I would love to have a castle Lock but there just aren't enough swamps for me to realistically do that.
1: Yeah. That lines up, and especially it feels like the format's gotten a little bit faster. So the need for castle and the payoff seems a little lower.
0: Kinda, but like your cards just end up trading a lot of the time. Like the decks are getting on board faster, but if you if you are playing these copter mirrors, it often comes down to you know person with the last threat last threat standing. So
1: yeah. So the Rakdos mid range decks, it doesn't seem like they've evolved a ton more than just like jamming copter into these things. A few of them are dabbling with a couple of extra creatures, but it, it seems like the creature count's still pretty low
0: yeah I agree with that i th- I think I have more creatures um
1: yeah like I'm just clicking on random lists like they're all in like the 12 13 14 creature range and if like you don't count shieldred or Croxa all of a sudden we're almost in single digits and I guess you have fable too, which counts as ways to career copter right so uh
0: i I have 16 counting fable not counting shieldred Croxa, but I also have two murricks.
1: Yep, and I would I would wager that of the six or so lists I just clicked on that the, that's the highest number.
0: Yeah. And I could I could probably cut one maybe. Uh I mean I I could also see a world where you just don't play Shieldred main deck. Yeah.
1: I don't know if you're going to get me there.
0: There have been some people that have done it already.
1: Oh, I I'm I don't, not I don't know if that helps you, but. I could buy that it's a, it's the right thing to do or a good idea. Uh, Shieldred to me feels a lot like the thing in the ice conversation of there's just spots where you randomly win games that you have no business winning because you did a thing and they didn't have an answer and you're not supposed to be able to win like that but you did.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's also just good with copter. Yeah. Yep. I've definitely had a non-zero amount of games against you know aggro people or even like mirror match sort of stuff where it's like oh I'm getting kind of low but then. Play Shieldred with Copter out, and you get like that immediate life buff, and it's pretty hard for them to kill you at that point. But
1: yeah, I I feel like there are just a lot of spots where like Shieldred is like the only plan that's going to get you out of things, too. Like for sure, yeah, you know, having your Copters and Fables dig you for Shieldred is just like your plan a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, Uh, I will say that if you cut Shieldred, you could play Giganta, but. I also have a lot of sideboard cards that invalidate Giganto, So I'm not sure how valuable that is. Yeah, I mean it's just it's Leyline and Deluge right now, but like those are both pretty necessary, I think.
1: Yeah, and then like I feel like Shieldred gets better to post board when you're if you're on this Sweeper plan still against a lot of these decks.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just the the one card win condition versus yeah. trying to cobble together like three things to beat them over the head with. Yeah. See, so yeah, uh, I'm kind of in a weird spot where we did the initial BNR show, right? And we are talking about how, like, you know, maybe Bone Crusher is worse and, and stuff like that. And I, I'm certainly down a Bone Crusher. I'm only playing three. Um, and, like, Blood Tithe Harvester, we're kind of suffering the same fate, where it's just like, it's only two, it's sorcery speed. Uh, so I'm I'm running into issues with those things, and I wish that there were like better options available. I just don't think there are.
1: Yeah, Bone Crusher is weird because it fills this weird spot of like being a creature and a removal spell. And when you add Copter to the deck, like you don't have enough slots for either. You're not going to be able to get as many of either of those as you want.
0: Yeah, you need some, I think, just because, like you said, it's. I mean, it is a card advantage card. Yeah. Uh Heartless Act also kind of poopy.
1: Yeah. I've never liked the Heartless Act. There's yeah. like obviously yeah. the random dream, right, of
0: Yeah, the Archfiend. I don't think the Archfiend is very good.
1: A lot of people seem to disagree, but I I agree with you. I'm I've never really been a fan of it and um I've always wanted to get as many shielders as I can fit and justify into my deck as I can, so cutting some shielders for some Archfiends is never really a place I've wanted to be, but to each their own.
0: So I have four push, one torch, one bitter triumph, and one Heartless act. I think the Heartless act could maybe become another torch, but I don't have a ton of stuff to sack to it. So it's not even live to kill a copter a lot of the time, certainly not in the early turns.
1: Yeah, and if it is, it's maybe not where you want to be.
0: But then, if I don't play the Heartless Act main, like say I cut it for a torch, presumably I would want something in my sideboard to bring in against like a four toughness thing, and then like, what card would that be?
1: Yeah. And then like, go for the threat to the other option, but obviously that's never killing Copter either way.
0: Right. Dude, it's, it's awkward.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: I, I don't think you can play two Bitter Triumphs. I, no. I don't even feel great playing the one.
1: No, I, I feel like the first one makes sense. And I can get on board with. I feel like past that, things start to get a little bit dicey. Also, like, the fact that Planeswalkers seem to be a little bit low on the format. Like, everybody playing more creatures and copters and likes. Like, having Bitter Triumph, being able to tag a Planeswalker is, like, less important than it has been.
0: Yeah, I don't like mm, probably twenty matches today. I I did play against three control decks. So like people are still doing that. They're still trying, you know. And like, yeah,
1: they're trying. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if I don't know if I don't know if there'll be many people in the winners bracket doing that this weekend, but we'll see.
0: I did, I did lose to one of them, but that was because Cedric called me in the middle of game three, and I was just like, I can't do both of these things.
1: So, so did you play badly because you were on the phone or did you just concede?
0: I was like trying to think through my turn and it's like, you know, turn four, like stuff is really getting going. And there's just so many things that I have to consider where it's like, have to kind of like sweat lockdown, big to fairy, wandering emperor, uh, opponent had like brim as regal caracal. And I'm just like, my, my brain's trying to work and I just can't because I'm also like trying to listen to Cedric and like respond to him and I'm just like I'm just done I'm just kidding
1: yeah. <laughs> fair enough well we'll say Cedric beat you not the blue light yeah. deck yeah
0: uh, glistening deluge also good against regal caracal for whatever that's worth
1: I, I will say like my first reaction whatever we, we are now a week and a half in post bans like I think Pioneer is in a much better place than it was
0: I agree. Well, I mean, especially if you're talking about the the appraiser stuff, because obviously that's just nonsense.
1: It just, it feels like there's a lot to explore. It feels like there's a lot of movement in what archetypes are good, how to build each archetype. There's a lot of interesting decisions. I feel like a lot of the decks have a lot of tools, so like no matter which of these decks that you listed off that you would play, like I feel like if you have a good read on the meta game that like there are the tools available to you to build a configuration of those decks to have good matchups against, you know, some of the field if you can just nail down which what decks you want to beat.
0: Yes, I do I do agree with all that. I I still think the format is a little short in in tools, but we'll we'll fill all that stuff out in time. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to be clear too. I think this is like a pretty big step in the right direction. I'm not saying that like.
0: Yeah, we're not we're not pioneer an end saved. State it's great. Yeah. 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 All right we're this s- this solves like a third of my problems, but what if I cut this heartless act for an abrade?
1: I mean, I think that's like reasonably logical. I just, I would probably, you know tilt off if I have an abrade in my hand and I die to a shield red. but
0: dude I've had heartless act when they have the one drop uh, the inner sky like tap three things put a counter on it yeah been getting my ass beat by that well you uh, can make it
1: smaller man it, it's not dead
0: dude that's just embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> that's fair like uh, you could in theory D jump it right and then like, block it yeah Wait, block. does it still have
1: flying? No, you I, take flying away, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. But Yeah. Uh, but, like, Veteran locks it on, puts counters on stuff. Uh, people are playing a lot of inties in their Copter decks, and then, like, Copter just randomly has a counter on it sometimes. It's dude, it's just a nightmare.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah, listen, Arvisa is not a good card, and the fact that that's still making a lot of appearances um, is telling.
0: How do you feel about Inti? Also the Amalia deck, everything has counters. Yeah. Uh, Inti is better the more aggressive you are, but I don't know that you necessarily want to be that aggressive because it kind of pigeonholes you.
1: Do you think there's a chance that the best Rakdos midrange deck doesn't have Copter in it?
0: Uh, It's possible, but unlikely. I mean, okay. if you want to say the best one doesn't have four then, yeah, I'd be down. But, because I, I think it's possible the best one has, like, two or three copies. Yep. But just, like, not not playing any seems silly because you, you have so many creatures already. You don't even have to go that hard to get the requisite number, you know?
1: Yeah, and the, the looting effect is just awesome in this deck.
0: So. Yeah, it's so good. It's, like, the only reason why I win any of my games. It's like, oh, I, I filtered through my bad stuff. Yeah. Now I have more spells than you. Because if we were just playing normal Magic, I probably couldn't win.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's just, it feels like it's Fables 5 through 8 almost in that sense. Yeah, for sure. Right? Of just making sure that you have the right mix of lands and spells.
0: It is is brainstorm, if you will.
1: Yeah. Similar comparison. I like the analogy.
0: You know what? So I, I just got back from Eternal Weekend, right? And granted, I only played four rounds in the event. I don't know how many times I cast Brainstorm. I don't think it was very many. It might be zero.
1: I feel like the number of rounds you playing being so low and you not casting Brainstorm a lot are correlated.
0: I dropped it three and one. Okay. If you were insinuating that like, oh, I lost, and that's why I dropped. No, I was winning. And oh, I and dropped. you
1: didn't play Friday? I thought you were going to play Friday. I did not. Oh, disappointing.
0: Uh, I didn't sleep in... We did get up in time, and then we're just like, let's just sit here instead. But that was a bad idea, I think, because there were only 99 players in that tournament.
1: Yeah. So that it would have been a short day either way, even if you won.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't have been that bad. Uh, so Friday, they had this high roller thing where it was like $150 entry fee. Like, it's it's pretty expensive. But the top eight uh, all got a uh, set of dual lands. You know, it's like first is like four underground seas. Second is two volcanics, etc. cetera. Uh, so like, it's pretty, pretty good equity tournament, you know?
1: I like the style of it just to begin with.
0: Yeah. Very winner take all kind of thing. It's like well, super top heavy.
1: Yeah. No riffraff. Right. You're probably going to have a lot of respectful folks. I would hope. Right. Just
0: or whales or whales. Yeah. Yeah. But after round three, no more whales. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Listen, I, the the idea of I was disappointed I couldn't go to Eternal Weekend. And the idea of that event and that whole weekend in general um, is just very appealing to me. You get a lot of people that are really, I like playing with and around people that really want to be there. It's the reason I've always loved the Pro Tour. You have a lot of people that are just happy to be there, right? So they're just genuinely, generally in a really good mood, which is not always the case for every Magic Tournament. I feel like Eternal Weekend's a lot of that. Right, people that are just like excited to be there.
0: There was a lot of that, but oddly, I also played against some people who were like, "Oh, I'm, I'm like excited to be here because this is my thing." And you beat me, and like now I'm pissed. Yeah.
1: Weird. I don't know.
0: Not nine hundred not... and
1: something players though in the tournament capped, which is just mind boggling.
0: Yeah. Well, it capped, and then they added a hundo, so it was a thousand something.
1: That is just unbelievably awesome.
0: If you like, want to go, we should we should make sure to go next year.
1: I would love to. I would absolutely love to. I mean, I've been like dabbling in vintage every once in a while in Magic Online, and I never win, but I always love it. <laughs> um, and I mean, you know my whole thing, right? I, love, I like playing random challenges while I'm doing my chores, right? So yeah. quick games, right? Vintage, the games don't last a ton of time a lot of the time. No, that's true. Uh, and don't get me wrong, there's a, there's your fair share of broken games. But Most of the games, I feel like, man, I made a lot of decisions. Yes. Um. And the decisions feel kind of like what, like, maybe what Hammer Time feels like in Modern, where, like, each of the decisions you make are, like, hugely impactful as far as, like, impacting the direction that you take the game.
0: Yeah, it's high octane in, like, the first three or four turns.
1: Yeah, there's not this, like, which two-drop creature do I play? This is really dynamic and interesting. It's, like, on turn two, you can turn left or turn right, and those lead to radically different games.
0: Yeah. I used to play a lot of Vintage. I enjoyed it a lot. I I definitely agree with you, or there are some that felt, like, kind of busted. But even in those games, there was a lot of stuff where it's, like, well, you know, maybe maybe I should have mulliganed, or maybe, like... This this cantrip should have been different, or maybe I should be like sideboarding an additional thing against this deck, or whatever. And uh, even outside of that broken stuff, like that, that all evens out because like you you have your own stuff.
1: Yeah. And listen, I I wish it was a tiny bit more affordable. I get that that's like part of the nostalgia of it all, and like the collectability of it all. But
0: I, I would a, love I would I love a, to. I had a couple yeah. offers to like let me play and I was just like no. I I just don't want to walk around with like your tens of thousands of dollars.
1: Yeah, I needed an insurance policy with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then and then maybe, you know, but like it's it's too expensive to the point where like I just don't even feel comfortable anymore.
1: Yeah, like legacy feels listen, I shuffle my legacy deck a little different than I shuffle a regular deck. And that's like, you know, the entire legacy deck might not even be worth what one of the cards in your vintage deck is. Right. So that's just nice. like a totally different level.
0: And I was playing Shadow with one UC, so I shuffle like a modern deck. I don't care.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're an animal. Well,
0: de- deck is cracked. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. yeah I splashed Megas to the moon. It was dope.
1: Yeah, I heard about this. Give me your four rounds. Talk me through where, where you landed. Story uh, time. Round- I haven't even talked to you. Round
0: one, I played on camera.
1: I did. Oh, sorry, I lied. I did watch you play on camera. How'd that go? I mean, I couldn't fully follow everything that was going on. I was juggling a few other priorities at the time, but um, your game seemed good. Game two, right? You were winning and then ended up losing. You, yeah. Like, stalled out.
0: Yeah, I had... The the big decision there that ultimately didn't matter was... I... So, like, we trade cards. I reanimate an opponent's delver. Flip it immediately. Uh, And if I remember correctly, I think I flipped it with a brainstorm. So maybe I lied and I did cast a brainstorm. But I think I brainstorm locked myself. So I don't know if that even counts. But uh, then... So the first one flipped immediately. Next turn, reanimate another one. And then that one doesn't flip at all. And we're like wasting each other and stuff. And it gets to a point where I think my opponent's about to stabilize. And I have a wasteland. And... It's like whether or not I use the wasteland or save it in case I draw a second land for a bowmaster in my hand. Yeah, and that was about it. Like, I I just ended up dying with like four cards in my hand that were not castable, uh, while I think at the end of the game my opponent got to run out all of their cards. So,
1: yeah, like at one point I think you had blue mana and he didn't. Yes, and then a few turns later it was the opposite.
0: Life comes at you quick.
1: Yeah. Like, which is like you know some of the most classic Delver games or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes you play these super interesting dynamic games. Sometimes you both waste each other. And neither of you have any lands, and whoever rips a land first wins.
0: Yeah, but then game three, I got to play first for the first time in the match, and uh, those those games are a lot easier.
1: Yeah, the reanimates looked good.
0: Yeah, reanimates busted.
1: Yeah, I think was it game three that you led on a grief and didn't have the reanimate for it, but it still kind of paved the way for you? That might have been the start of game, too.
0: Uh, I I don't remember. I do remember that my opponent had, like, a Volk and a Delver that they, that they just played, and then I had a choice of, like, do I kill the Delver, or do I play out two Death Shadows? Because if they had another red source flip the Delver and double-bolted me, I was dead. Yeah. And I just I just played my things because it it I, felt like my opponent couldn't possibly have all of those cards. Like, yeah. I, I didn't even think they had a second land, let alone like all the bolts and stuff, because I was already attacking them with some.
1: Yeah. Makes sense. I just remember a spot where you, you like led on an early grief where you didn't have a reanimate. And like you being able to see that like I can't remember the exact combination of things, but like you had a wasteland in your hand, so it's like Should I wasteland him early or should I not? So seeing how many lands he has is really valuable. Seeing if he has days, force is valuable. Seeing if he's going to waste you is valuable. And I was, man, like Jitaxen Pro was cracked.
0: Yeah, no kidding, right? Like, holy crap.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm pitching
0: two cards for that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just remember back in times where there was a lot of debate about how many of those you should even play. And that all sounds feels like nonsense at this point.
0: I, I think if I were playing Shadow, I'd probably play four. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> fair. That's my best guess. <laughs> my especially when I'm like struggling to get the 19th blue card in my deck. Man, yeah. that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. I um, uh, played played Delver on one. Uh played the actual mirror match, round two, like the Shadow Mirror, which is kind of funny because it, it feels like everyone just wants to play the blue-black, like control-y stuff instead. Uh and then one there and then 3 and 4 I played uh bean decks They're good games.
1: Yeah. And listen the coverage all weekend was great. I it was I wish I could have watched more of it. Um just it looked awesome from afar and I think it was a really I think listen the the three uh eternal weekends being three weeks in a row um all of them being super well attended, coverage for all of them. It's just been a great few weeks for magic.
0: Yeah, agreed. It, it is certainly pretty cool to do them like back to back to back too because you had some people go into a bunch of them and like they were just developing narratives and things like that. Like it was really good.
1: Yeah. Listen, pre, you know, pre-kids and real life stuff, I would love to just chain all three together. That sounds like a super awesome kind of, you know, play the game, see the world adventure.
0: It would be awesome. Uh, I, I would definitely be tired. But- yeah. It Listen, would be man. a it would be a thing where I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, and then I'm just like, God damn it, why am I yeah. doing this?
1: Listen, with your sleep schedule, like I don't even know if the jet lag's gonna help you or hurt you.
0: Yeah, no, that's true.
1: Right? So
0: Mysteries. Help, but anyway, pioneer. Uh
1: so what's your plan? You're flying out tomorrow?
0: Yeah, fly tomorrow, three p.m., land at like Four forty five. Meet cost at the airport. Have my friend pick us up. Uh, go to our Airbnb, and then I don't. I don't know what we're gonna do. I guess I'll put some decks together and.
1: Yeah, what's the um? And then like the LCQs are just like, what do you have to? Are they just like challenges essentially? You have to five o.
0: Oh shit! I'm just now realizing that like I had people get me cards, and I might not have those cards for the LCQs. (laughs) I don't know when people get in. Oh yeah, you have to five o. Okay. I don't know when they start though. I should look at that. I kind of like perused the website a little bit and I guess there are like sealed qualifiers too. So like I might I might try my hand at one of those, but I also feel like that's not going to fill nearly as quickly as a, a Pioneer one would.
1: Well, what I remember from a year ago in Atlanta, and again I wasn't there either, but friends were there and it took like hours for the first round to start because they just had they were wildly unprepared for the amount of people that were going to attend. Oh no. So, hopefully they get their acts together a little bit this time around and things fire off a little bit cleaner. But Well,
0: how were things in San Diego when you went? They
1: were unbelievably smooth, and I would say I, sh- I shouldn't say that. Uh, the only hiccup for me was getting into the venue to like pick up your badge. And that had nothing to do with the magic and everything to do with, like, the dream hack. And it, the line was just, it might have been one of the, it was one of the longest lines I've ever seen. Okay. Um, but if you were, if you want an RCQ and you were queued for the RC, you got to go to the VIP line.
0: Oh, wait. Okay. So, so
1: I didn't have to wait in said line. And I got to go inside and just, like, meet my friends 90 minutes later.
0: Okay. I remember, so I bought my badge the other day. And there was, like, a VIP reg line, but it said that you couldn't use it to, to skip the badge thing. But oh, interesting. Ideally, if I'm there Friday, like, morning, bright and early, that should not be a problem, maybe. but
1: Maybe. I mean, I was there Friday morning in San Diego. Okay. Because uh, I, I remember laughing, like, I don't actually need to get in early today. They do, and they have to wait in line, and I don't.
0: Yeah. That's silly.
1: Um, but, so... You get in Friday, you register what what what's what's the first deck in the queue in the chamber?
0: Uh whatever I settle on after playing today and tomorrow, but I'm currently in a league with Rakdos, so
1: So maybe you are the Rakdos house after all.
0: Maybe. I mean, I, I feel like folks bounced off. Like I, I kinda was looking at the stuff like Chase and uh I don't know, like, Snook was talking to me a little bit. I don't know if he was in that chat. I don't know if, like, Koss ever said anything. But uh, from from what Chase was saying, he was just like, oh, like, can't beat Amalia or whatever. And it's like, yeah, change your deck, man. Change change A cards. And you're fine. Yeah, you're just not trying hard enough. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're just not trying at all. So, uh, I don't know if I... I told Mason Clark to buy me 12 glistening deluges. <laughs> Okay he was, he was going to his store and he he called me. I think that might be the first time he's ever called me. He's just like, "Are you serious?" Like do do I actually need to do this?" I was like, "Yes." Yeah.
1: The amount of judgment that you've received from friends and store owners for the cards you've tried to buy over the last handful of months is
0: Yeah, been man. Yeah, I I kind of forgot about that. Like the the folks in Austin were they weren't like rude, but they were very much like why? Why would you ever want these cards? Yeah. You know. And then when we got to Dallas, the all the vendors were just like, "I don't even know what this is." Yeah, is like, this, do you is have this a Magic X. card?
1: And, and some of the cards you were asking for were just like standard, staple, rare from the the newest set.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like Sunfall. You know, best card in standard or whatever. Right at the time, at least. Yeah. And they're just like, never heard of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. What color is it?
0: Yeah, what is this a uh, uh my hero academia card we don't sell those <laughs> nonsense dude where when does the first i mean i guess i can't even like get there early enough right but like when is the first lcq supposed to start
1: i mean i would assume they start like as the doors open
0: dude i'm, I'm looking and it's just like Mini Masters, Commander, Precon, Chaos, Double Tap, 321, LCI, Sealed. See, I don't even know what these words mean.
1: All right. I'm exploring. I'm going to see if I can figure it out.
0: There's roughly 100 content creators that are going. Eight artists. $20,
1: Friday only. Pioneer.
0: Do I look at schedule?
1: I found the schedule, but they don't have time, so they just say quick launch.
0: All right. Doors open at 10 a.m. Friday.
1: Yeah, so I would assume they just go. 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. No. Found it. That's it? Yeah. Well, the last one fires at 5 p.m. because it's five rounds, so it'll finish by 10 p.m. Ugh. So you basically get seven hours of cues. That's
0: not a lot of time.
1: It's not a lot of time, and distributing your losses well is important. Oh and by yeah. By that I mean don't lose. That's easier.
0: Sure, but if uh, if you
1: lose a finals or a, you know round four or five in any of them, the cost for that is significant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Well, how about I just win the first one?
1: Yeah, that would be a lot easier.
0: Hope everyone sleeps in.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I remember San Diego, Chase lost round five of like one of the very last ones. And we're all birding him, waiting for him for dinner. And it was just brutal. Yeah, that sucks. So these are heartbreakers of tournaments, which I kind of like. Like the tension and the vibe felt really fun watching these.
0: Uh, There is a 10K limited tournament on Saturday, though.
1: That's not a bad backup plan. And honestly, sounds pretty fun.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that that was happening. I was I was gonna go regardless. Uh there's also the cons arena open.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Yeah, 10 30 a.m. fifty bucks. LCI sealed plus draft 10K open eight slot RCQ. I like it. Uh Sunday is a pioneer 10K eight slot RCQ. Winners qualify for Denver, so that doesn't help me. Uh, I hope you can still play it.
1: Whoa, whoa. H- hold pause. G- can you go back and read the format for this sealed event on
0: Saturday? LCI sealed plus draft 10K? Yeah. Oh, I guess that one qualifies for Denver, too.
1: Yeah, but click the info.
0: Uh, Competitive, deckless required, Swiss minus one round? What? Keep going. Cut to top 16. Draft in two pods of single a limb? Look at the prizes. It's very flat.
1: First through eighth gets the same prize.
0: I don't get it. So
1: there's a tops. You cut to top 16, and then you just play one round. There's two drafts. You play one round.
0: Swiss minus one. Cut to top 16. Draft in two pods of single a limb.
1: So you play one round, eight people win, eight people lose, and then it's done. Oh. It's one round of draft. What the shit? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
0: Why are we even drafting at that point? I know. I know.
1: Just like it's it's kind of nonsense.
0: I don't like this at all. Yeah. Yeah, the draft does not seem worth it. That's like an hour for like that and reg and everything, right?
1: Yeah, yes. The full draft, register your deck, build your deck, and then play all round. Like, just
0: total nonsense. What the shit, man?
1: I don't know. To be honest, man, I'm I'm pretty jealous of the Europeans. I feel like their RCs and structures um are a leg up on us. And yeah, yeah the what kind of they,
0: side events they have? Yeah, dude, dude they got to. They had
1: a, a a massive modern tournament last weekend where like the top thirty-two players, with, including with invites passing down, qualify for the RC. Like, I'd be all over that stuff. Yeah. Um, we have like similar side. I mean, the Star Cities don't draw quite as many people, but like top two or top four qualify. Yeah, they have top thirty-two.
0: Well, their, their system is also different, right? Like, we just have more RCQs, I think. That's why.
1: Yeah. That's fair. You I don't know, know. I don't feel like the RC is having, like... I feel like the RC invites should be, like... They don't have to be that prestigious. Like, giving up more of them. Like, we're not trying to cap the, the RC at a certain number of people like we are the Pro Tour, right?
0: Well, if the RC gets 1,000 people, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know if it's horrible, though.
0: It's pretty bad.
1: The del- I mean, just... the difference between 750 and 1,000, is that different?
0: I mean, not really, I guess, when the number is that big, but I also don't really like 750. Uh, if I get to round three of an LCQ, I get an Eldritch Revolution. Nice.
1: Wowie which was a playable card in the format for like a minute.
0: A hot minute. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do. I think it got better minus the unban. Because you could have uh like Stitcher Supplier in your Grease Fang deck and uh you play it with Souls of the Lost. So like you have an added incentive to be hard milling yourself too. I think that build is fine
1: fine is the the stretch. It's a weird card for them to pick for their promo, I'll say.
0: Yeah, well, it, it was like Heat and Evo, and I think Evo was supposed to be like a Yog thing, but then they just, all the Yog people cut it.
1: Yeah. Like, they could have just done company. It would have been a lot better, but... Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, especially since I was asked for collected companies recently. It was like, yeah, I ain't got those. I do have a lot of Eldritch Revolutions though.
1: How many have you ever registered?
0: Uh, evolutions? Yeah. None? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I took it out of my, like, crap box and put it in my playable box with because of the Grease Fang stuff, but I never regged it.
1: Yeah. Might be going back in the crap box.
0: Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, all the Pioneer cards are going back in the crap box after this weekend. Let's be real.
1: Fair. Yeah, essentially we have modern for... Denver and standard season after this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, dude, so unfortunate. Like, for all of a sudden they shake Pioneer up and we get like a week of exciting stuff and then it's like never talk about it again for a while. It's like, why couldn't we have done this a year ago?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. They, they probably should have. It would have been better.
1: Yeah. But do you want to touch on Modern quick?
0: Uh, we could. I, I looked at the deck that won... The European thing, but I didn't look at any of the other decks. So I, I, only, I, more I only just want to
1: call things. it the irony and see how surprised you were to see not dead after all scam.
0: Yeah. So uh scam, four not deads, I think one Malicure Rebirth. Was that the only other one? I think so. I have it right here. And then the list was basically cut for Fury for four other spot removal spells. Yeah.
1: Which is also just hilarious. Um, But an impressive run. Rhinos dominating the tournament too, which is like I thought one of the reasons to play Rhinos because it had a good Scam matchup and you both had Rhinos doing better with Scam numbers being way down and then Scam continu- still winning the tournament either way. Which yeah. just, it felt like I was questioning how much I understood anything watching <laughs> it all.
0: And then there there were just a ton of Cascade decks in general.
1: All over in, the place.
0: In the top 16, right? Yeah. And those are like the only things I know.
1: Yep. And that trend and pattern continued from the Moto Challenges over the weekend too, which Modern, again, looks like it's in a pretty not quite as interesting or dynamic of changes as what we see in Pioneer, but um, I'm excited to play some games in the next month leading up to Denver.
0: I do like seeing the one season pyro in this list
1: it's basically just like take your four Furies out and pull out your rare binder
0: No it's like add a terminate two fatal pushes like <laughs> we're good it's the same thing right yeah honestly I think it's fine because uh pyro with not dead is is kind of cracked honestly
1: yes yes strong
0: so I don't know. I could never win with this deck, so uh, I you should not listen to me. It's fair. All right. What should I play?
1: Listen to Chase would be my advice.
0: Chase doesn't know how to change cards in his deck. I just figured that out.
1: Yeah, so take 90% of what Chase says and listen to what he says the problems are and then listen to him and then fix the problems
0: and then do that. I've been doing that. Uh, do you want to hear about some of my bad copter black decks please uh so there was a madness one that went five and three in one of the tournaments I'm kind of working on that
1: yeah that's a weak spot for you it has always has been
0: I dude I played blood hall priest at a Grand Prix in Denver how'd that go not great <laughs> but my my madness enablers were like key to the city that card's real bad
1: yeah friends don't let friends do that
0: yeah instead i had i was staying at raptor's place and he just played the deck with me yeah. it was like the worst kind of friend yeah it sounds like you brainwormed both of you i i don't know that i thought it was good but uh all right so say you are trying to beat up on copter decks while also maybe being a copter deck yourself. What what do you think you should overall be doing? Like, how should you be constructing your deck?
1: I mean, my first instinct would be to go under everybody. But I don't know if that's a very smart choice. Huh. I don't know. You stumped me.
0: I'm going to send you a list in Discord That is not finished, and you can tell it is not finished because I have 62 cards main and 22 in the sideboard.
1: All right. You got my attention.
0: I want your initial reaction.
1: I mean, my first reaction is Meat Meat Hook Massacre is busted and has been criminally underplayed in Pioneer over the last year.
0: Yeah, I kind of think so too.
1: So, and food has always been a deck. So the, the deck is black green food. And the food decks have always overperformed over the last three or four years in any format. They're always better than they look, is my one of my reads and observations. Bolas' Citadel is not a card I've seen put in decks in quite a while, but I, this kind of makes sense, I guess. If like everybody is going to be coptering, it's hard to interact in combat. But this isn't a copter deck.
0: No, nah, I ended up cutting the copters from this one, but you could play like three. Yeah, but, like, Copter fits in
1: this. Like, you have a whole ton of enablers and synergies with it. It's just, you know, your next 62 cards still.
0: Yeah. So, one of the things I thought of immediately was the fact that Green Black Food was just incredibly dominant in Historic for a very long time. And, obviously, different format. And, also, during a lot of that, they had access to Luris. So that certainly changes things too. But uh Goose, Cauldron Familiar, Witch's Oven, uh, Meat Hook, Deadly Dispute is just a very in trailer crumbs, is just a very good package for I'm gonna like draw cards and never die. Yeah. And I feel like the Copter decks are incredibly weak to that. Uh, because they can they can like, kill some artifacts here and there, and they, they have some sideboard cards that are good against you. Hidetsugo consumes all, certainly being one of them. Um, But they a lot of these decks, like, can't really interact with enchantments all that much. Uh, there are some fringe decks that are certainly 10% or less of the metagame that have, like, temporary lockdowns, like Blue-White or Fires or whatever. Like, that is probably one of the better cards against you, too. Uh, yeah. but But other than that, it seems like, Honestly, this this deck is pretty good. And I was playing with it some on Arena in Explorer, so no Copter. And I liked it a lot. Uh, not even, you know, like, oh, this is a good representation of the metagame or whatever, but, like, just the way the deck played out and, like, the strategy and stuff. Like, all of it seemed, like, very sound. But part of the problem was my games took, like, 40 minutes. <laughs> because <laughs> yep. another way to, to stay alive is just like playing prosperous innkeeper and like innkeeper so like I in order to ramp meat hook to a place where it matters I think you need shambling gas alongside deadly dispute and or prosperous innkeeper like just getting like the extra treasures or whatever and innkeeper is also another thing that like helps you keep alive with like cat loops and whatnot uh, so I think innkeeper is pretty good but just like adding innkeeper to this already fiddly like trail package and you're like making food with geese and like doing cat stuff. It just, it takes forever in real life. Yeah. And like every meat hook trigger whatever. So I don't know if I could do this in like an LCQ situation, but this is a thing that I think would be like a hard targeting of the format.
1: You you need a long life pad.
0: Oh, that's what boogie boards are for.
1: Yeah. You're gonna a lot of ticks. You're probably gonna have to clear that mid game. Start no, over. Oh yeah, no, start that's back fine. at the top.
0: That's fine, dude. I did that with Shadow once in yeah. the Eternal Weekend thing. But uh,
1: I mean, is the Amelia matchup like acceptable? Would be one of my other reactions.
0: Yeah, that one is is less good. Certainly, like I, I think this was this more sprung up as a thing when I thought. Amalia was kind of a joke, and Phoenix and Rectos were the best decks. And now that Amalia is very real, I think that, yeah, you probably do need to change some stuff about it. Like, the worst thing about playing Cat Oven is that you can't really play Cage. Got it. So that I is mean, a strike against.
1: Yeah. Like, your only green cards are. Gilded Goose and Prosperous Innkeeper. And I mean, I guess you have two Tyvar and a couple of Besiegeus or whatever, but...
0: Yeah, so this this is a weird version of the deck where I have the Trails in the sideboard, but, like, if you just played, uh, like, no Priest, no Tyvar, and just played Trail instead, I think that's fine. But at some point, in in my desperation to find a thing that could actually kill my opponent, uh, I went back and looked at a bunch of old deck lists, and, like, there were ones that were just, like, jamming bullets at it all, right? Yeah. So, uh added some of those to the heavy control one. And this is me trying to do like more of a creature centric one. So, I don't know if this is better or worse, but like the Citadels are better in this deck. And I think maybe your Amalia matchup is a little bit better, but uh, it's probably pretty bad.
1: Huh. Part of me wants to uh, put a couple of Redlands in my deck and get a few Mayhem Devils in there instead.
0: So, I don't think you need it because you have Meat Hook.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't mean to kill him. They can almost take the bolus citadel spot, right?
0: Well, no, because you you want a thing that just like kills them in one turn.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: But like M- meat hook is just effectively your mayhem devil in this deck.
1: It's not crazy. If you showed me this and said I'm crushing people with this, try it. I would believe you.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's crazy either uh I just think it takes too long unfortunately yeah I'm
1: too old for this man
0: yeah kinda also I I don't think it's like L- lcqs I guess I was asking about this uh and I guess it it comes down to like life total which is probably good for the deck and then uh if it's like tied it's first life total change which I also think is good for the deck
1: oh it's definitely good for the deck Like draws coming down to life for this deck is definitely good news.
0: Yeah. I I was joking that like I'll just put a nicotine patch on and just stay in my chair and just like (laughs) just be looping cat oven for five hours in a row.
1: Yeah. Good luck killing me, man. Yeah. Just like play a life game deck without a win con?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah. I mean minus the fact that it's cheating.
0: Yeah, I got that one. I got a bunch of graveyard centric ones, but I feel like I am very incentivized to play like hard graveyard hate, like ley line of the void, rest in peace type of stuff. Uh whereas if it was just like the occasional hearse and go blank or whatever, like you can fight through that stuff pretty easy.
1: Yeah, it lines up. You need a lot, like just like one hearse randomly against Phoenix is like not always gonna get the job done.
0: No, they they always have like piles of like abrades and brotherhoods ends and stuff against me. Like hers is just not even been good against them.
1: Yeah, I mean if you play it turn two and it goes unanswered, it can do it, but like that just doesn't happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, what else? Some of the some of the red stuff is interesting. Where I feel like you could be maybe like a shrapnel blast deck and just be like mono red. I have a list for that. Uh, the the Oger Axonal guy, obviously butchering that, uh, with, like, Devil and uh, Anvil and stuff. Like, maybe maybe that's good, because that ends the game pretty quick, too. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I should mess around with that at some point. But I, I felt like it started showing up, and then I was like, oh, you know, like, if, if this is good, like, it'll catch on. It just never caught on. So I don't know if uh, people just, like, weren't doing it right or if it was actually bad. Uh, My
1: my instinct is having a good plan and a good list is probably more important than having the perfect archetype.
0: I I agree, but I also don't want to just be like playing with a bad deck, you know?
1: Yeah, so pick one of the ones that's less risky and tune the crap out of it and crush everybody.
0: So, you know, sometimes you play Mayhem Devil and you don't have a lot going on. And, like, maybe they just kill it immediately. You don't even get to kill anything. Or uh, maybe they don't even kill it. And still, you untap with it. Still doesn't do anything. It happens yeah. a decent amount of the time.
1: Yeah. Spellskite, right? They It's just a removal check.
0: Yeah. So So, uh, with Smuggler's Copter, I was looking at Magda because the, the treasure output on that is pretty good. And in theory... If you do that over the course of a couple turns, whenever you play a Mayhem Devil, it's going to be juiced up. Yeah. So I also have an 80 card Jun food deck that has a Yurian companion <laughs> that I can only play off treasures <laughs> or Gilded Goose or, well, okay. So to supplement the Magdas, I also have Spring Leaf Drums. <laughs> And then...
1: jun is not a place I expected to be.
0: Yeah. Dude, I've been cooking. All right, so Magda also has this clause where you can sack five treasures to go get a dragon or an artifact.
1: Never seen it activated.
0: Oh, dude. Done it all the time.
1: And I've played a good amount of Magda.
0: Done it all the time. Uh, dragon of choice in this deck. Korvold, Fae Not too bad. Yeah. Kills them. Card card people were just playing already. Other card, Bulls of Citadel. Another card people were just playing already. Kind of cool.
1: You draw them a lot less when you have 80 cards in your deck, too.
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes you do want to draw them, but yeah. not always. So I never actually got to play with this one. <laughs> but, you know. Maybe, maybe that's for the best.
1: It's weird. It feels like, it sounds to me like it's a combination of off the deep end and you're onto something because, you know, mashing the black green food deck together with Rakdos sacks is kind of what I wanted to do. And you're, you're effectively doing that. Yeah. So, so you, I'm like reluctant to admit this, but like, I'm somewhat interested in this.
0: Dude, maybe Jund Yorian is broken, you know? (laughs)
1: I just can't take it seriously. Yeah, right? I just can't.
0: It's... Well, okay, so... This wasn't, like, a Brainiac move by me. Like, I do think that Yorian is pretty good in the deck because you just, like, reset Trailer Crumbs and stuff. Like, you do have reasonable things to target. Uh, But it was honestly, like, I'm writing out my list and there are so many cards I want to play where I'm just, like, I'm at 80 and I have a bunch of five-color mana sources so I could just, like, play this if I wanted to. Also... It, it's it's kind of dope, right? You sit down, 80 cards, show a Yorian.
1: Yeah, lead on a Black Cleave Cliffs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I ain't expecting this. Yeah. <laughs> not not like field. that matters all that much, but they're still just going to be like, what the hell is going on?
1: Yeah, the, the, the shock value will probably be, you'll, you'll get a few fun reactions and some good stories.
0: Yeah, oddly though, that might take like a minute off the clock.
1: Yeah, not actually ideal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like other than the fact you get significantly less ovens, right? I feel like that's probably the biggest cost. You have a lot of redundancy and a lot of other things, but ha- having less ovens seems pretty significant.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not claiming, but you are definitely right about that.
1: Like, I'm, I'm just skimming through some of these the these sack lists of like, you know, there's a lot of redundancy in a lot of these effects, but oven seems like the the one where the games where you draw it are different.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. I'm gonna send you this list just just for posterity.
1: Just for just for the funsies. Maybe I'll maybe I'll play a pioneer challenge this weekend.
0: Again, unfinished. Uh list list is currently 81. Obviously, we need to trim that.
1: No, we don't. 81's fine.
0: No, it's not, because I don't have a Citadel in here either. So it's All 82. Right, so we're at
1: 82.
0: I have like a Riveteer's charm just floating. And and a torch the tower, but like going back and looking at old lists, it was kind of interesting because decks like this were crushing Pioneer like a year ago. Just like yeah. Mayhem Devil, Bolus the Citadel, garbage.
1: Why are the Thought Seas in your sideboard in every single one of these decks?
0: Because I don't want them in my main deck. Okay, Jerry, <laughs> that's helpful. Uh, Thank you. I I don't think they're particularly good in Copter Mirrors. Uh, in in. The mid range deck I have Thoughtsys as main, and in the mono black aggro deck I have them main. Got it. But in like sacrifice, I don't think I want them.
1: I can. It's interesting too. I can tell what you've been playing on Magic Online because of which percentage of this deck that you currently have in your collection.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I went through and bought some stuff. Uh, but some of it was just like more expensive to the point where I was like, I'm not buying this crap and then I I just get that loaned out to me. Yeah. So my my Rakdos mid, I currently have uh like two Bone Crushers, two graveyard trespassers, and another expensive two of uh Hidetsugo consumes all. Cause those were like four four seven. Yep. And the blightstep pathways were like eight, but I just bought them.
1: Your mono black aggro list that you just sent me is clean. It is, right? And this looks good. Um my first reaction is get that Urborg out of here. We don't need that. Get me get me another swamp.
0: When I used to play this deck, I played two Urborgs, so suck it. Why? You don't Mutable. have any double
1: black cards. Mutable, you, you have, have
0: infinite decks. one mana black cards.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I never like you have three Mute vaults, I guess, that you're trying to turn on. So I guess if you have a two land hand, that's exactly Mutavolt Erborg. Um, and then two Evolves. I mean, Burn. what if
0: what if the next land you draw is a muta I I also used to play four Mutavols back in the day. Like we didn't have yeah. Hive, you know.
1: Yeah. And like obviously, getting to play four Castle in this deck is just awesome.
0: Yeah, I played I played three and uh twenty three land, and I was like, nah, yeah.
1: Is there a world where, like, this deck could have, like, Fable and Bloodtide Harvester and nothing else, but still stay with, like, the one-drop low-to-the-ground aggro? And get it could. Better?
0: It could, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I'd be interested in exploring that. And, like, maybe the answer is just Fable, right? Because, like, your threes are, like, past the two gix or, like, not very appetizing.
0: Yeah, I like, geeks with Copter and Bat is kind of nice, but... Geeks is
1: great. Also just a great card.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. playing against Phoenix, it kind of sucks. Like, I, I started with just Gix and Skitter, because uh, Skitter seemed like, you know, more in the Mirex vein of things, like getting the extra 1-1 body is actually pretty relevant. Yep. But then playing against stuff like Phoenix, it was like, uh, I need to punish them for fire-impulsing my 3-drop sometimes, you know? Cause yeah. They just always, like, draw go and just always have it up. So now I have some Trespassers instead. But
1: Yeah. There's just, you already have a lot of synergies like with and a lot of grindy cards, yet yeah, Fable just, such a good card. Feels like it fits. Yeah. Only three bats. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't think I want to play four bats. Like four bad four thoughts just means that one of them is going to brick. Yeah. And then I added the Misery Shadows for uh, Amalia to some extent.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this deck was good.
0: Otherwise, you could cut the shadows for, like, another scrap heap and another one drop if you wanted.
1: Yeah, 24 lands seems like on the high side, too. Uh, The
0: the person that has cashed with the deck is playing 25.
1: Whoa. Okay.
0: And I I played 24 back in the day with, like, instead of these, like, five three drops, I had four spawn of Mayhem. And I guess I had four Murderous Rider, too.
1: huh yeah this looks like uh far more up my alley for the pioneer challenge this weekend
0: yeah you just Uh, get so much mileage out of your lands like you you don't actually mind flooding out at all
1: yeah you want to empty your hand with castle out yep so
0: yeah this deck is fun like if if you were going to play a challenge i'd sign off on this
1: yeah well it's it's also it fits my my criteria right of i want to play a bunch of 15 minute rounds
0: yeah, I I think the games will be a little bit longer than you might be expecting. But well, they're
1: not going to be what my hero my Boris heroic deck's been. But uh, I don't know if I can still play that deck in good faith.
0: No, nah, probably not. I did see like one or two of them show up in like the five O's, but I was kind of perplexed by that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, feels like a lot of the decks that I was picking on and praying to get paired against don't exist anymore.
0: Yeah. so it, We are living in, like, one-man removal world.
1: Yeah, like, I, looking through the list, like, there's less hate for it than I was would have expected to see, but the fact that all my buys disappeared makes me, you know, I can't afford to be, like, fighting for my wins every round with that deck.
0: Yeah. I think uh, Hidetsugo Consumes and Glistening Deluge are both pretty reasonable against you, too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then not not to mention Meat Hook Massacre, which would be scary well, and problematic.
0: Yeah. I mean Meat Hook doesn't really race favored hoplite all that well, you know? So I, I feel like there are gonna be a, a decent amount of draws where you actually just don't care.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just like any of the ways to kill my stuff that gets around my protection spells is just scary.
0: Yeah. Well, if you figure it out, let me know, because this is kind of all I got cooking. I have Phoenix sleeved up too. I could always just play that in one, see how it goes.
1: Yeah, part of me is kind of hoping that you and Costa just like figure out a good Phoenix list and just crush everybody with that. And like, I don't know. If we're like reading this, like Jerry T wins the RC five days from now with X, Phil X in... Like, Phoenix is what my instinct would be.
0: I don't think Phoenix is... Like, Phoenix is a good deck for going, like, 7-3. and I don't think it's a good deck for winning a tournament. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: I mean, it kind of does, but I also feel like you've, like, you know... You you make your money taking those decks that are good at going 7-3 and and winning the tournament with them by figuring out a way to get the last edge or two. And I feel like Phoenix has enough tools and variants in the lists right now that, like, if you have a good read on the metagame and, you know, pick your last handful of sideboard slots correctly...
0: The, the problem with Phoenix is that, like, all of your cards need to be proactive. You have space for, like, two spell pierces in your deck where you can play those and they won't completely derail you if you draw one of them but past that you you don't have a whole lot of options yeah and you then, don't actually
1: get as much play as you, you as it appears you do
0: yeah so then you're you're hoping that spot removal and draw 3 lines up against whatever you're playing against which granted I think it does right now it's like actually good right now yeah but then in terms of what you can do with your sideboard you're super limited because of the fact that like your main deck kind of has to stay intact in order for your deck to work. Like there there are some matchups where you could do stuff like just take out all your Phoenixes and then you have free reign to just sideboard and do whatever you want. Uh, you could also do the old thing where it's like you just play Fable and Drake and no Phoenix and maybe that's good. Yeah, I could see, I could see that being being the case.
1: Yeah, and like the, the whole cut the Phoenix plan is what I was doing back against Rakdos and green. But that was a different deck. Things have evolved quite a bit since then.
0: Well, I'm looking at... I have the the very, very old Drake list still saved. I'm looking at it now. Like, it doesn't look bad. You
1: get to play Fable. Yeah. just it's the reason I was always trying to play that deck.
0: Right, so right. You, you have you have Fable and Drake main, which is basically your best plan against graveyard hate already, and then you get to do whatever you want with the sideboard. Which, I don't know, this deck had, I don't know if this is the actual list, but like this, the one that I have here has like two Alpine Moons and two Narsets, which like I didn't have access to out of Phoenix. Like there's just no room for them. Yeah. Um, uh, but you could you could do a lot with this for sure. Also get to start four spell Pierce if you want to do that.
1: It just was always weird to me. You have Fable's, like, pretty debatably the best card in the format. And then you have a red deck that is really interested in discard outlets that doesn't play Fable. And I get why, like, on the more detailed, Like, this is the surface level analysis or whatever, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, you want it to be two mana. So on turn three, you can play three ones and get a phoenix back.
1: Yeah, but putting fable and cruise in the same deck is appealing.
0: Kind of like fable fuels cruise, but then if you cast cruise and draw a bunch of like three and four mana cards, that's not great either. That's true. But, I don't know. I mean, like, how, how how bad can it be? You know,
1: yeah, it's gonna be a fun weekend to watch. I'm excited to bird.
0: Yeah, maybe I'll I'll try this. I'll like go look for decks that have played Crackling Drake, I guess, and see if anyone has done this within the last year.
1: I will say the hasty Crackling Drake with a flipped Fable was a fun way to kill people.
0: Yeah, uh, I have a maximized velocity.
1: Yeah, that's not really a place I want to be, but I understand it.
0: You just discard to fable, it's fine.
1: Yeah, that's a card I don't want in my deck or my opponent's deck.
0: Why Why don't you want it in their deck?
1: Because they'll kill me with it.
0: Oh yeah, that's, that's good at doing that. I feel like
1: it's just bad news for me no matter which side of the equation I'm on.
0: Haste is really good. Yep. It's kind of cracked. It sort of breaks the rules of the game, you know?
1: well especially when you have like you know 10 plus power creatures that have flying
0: yeah uh all right you you sort of inadvertently brainwormed me you just like got me thinking about this and then i brainwormed myself
1: play the blue and red cards jerry
0: uh we'll see i got to i got to finish this league first
1: look at you we've come so far
0: dude i busted so many treasure chests
1: You feel obligated to finish a league.
0: Well, because I'm one of my 2 and one I don't even know. (laughs) It all runs together. Did I lose? I feel like I didn't lose, but maybe I lost one.
1: Well, keep us in the loop on Twitter.
0: Uh, Yeah, it should be interesting enough uh, playing in LCQs. I kind of wish I just had like two days to play them. You know, because it's like, oh, maybe I play in two. That sucks.
1: Yeah, it's kind of awkward that you're also qualified for Denver because that's usually the backup plan of like, oh, you didn't do well Friday and grind in. So you get to play qualifiers for the following one during the weekend. I hope
0: I can still play in those 10Ks, though. I assume you can. If you can't, something is
1: seriously wrong.
0: If Yeah, if you can't, it's just like, okay, so I'm... Because I'm queued for this thing, I just can't play in any tournaments. Like so that seems silly.
1: Yeah, the, the awkward part is the the highest place you can finish is the eighth because eighth and first are the same.
0: Yeah, I don't care though. Yeah, that's fine. I just want to beat up on some people. Cool. All right, man. Good I'll luck. I'll make a I'll make a lovely Twitter thread just for you.
1: I appreciate it. And hopefully, I stay out of the hospital for a few more weeks, but we'll see.
0: Yeah, do that. Make sure make sure that baby's nice and ripe before it comes out.
1: Yeah. We're uh we're we're two and a half weeks from uh due date. So it's any day now. We're on high alert. Are you still counting down the days to her? Uh so it's funny you mentioned that. It's the the roles have shifted. Oh. So now oh, no. every time I leave the house, she says to me, I'll call you when I'm on my way to the hospital or oh, whatever. And I'm like, Yeah. And I'm the one now yelling at her, This is nonsense. Stop doing this. <laughs>
0: You're like it was funny when I was doing it, but it's it's not okay when you do it.
1: Well, it was still far enough away at that point that I could like look the other way, but now she's like implying like, "Oh, I'm leaving to go get lunch." And she's like, "All right, great. I'll meet you at the hospital after."
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah. So,
0: y'all are perfect for each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd like so, that.
0: So, yeah, just take solace in that.
1: <laughs> Fun.
0: You said all on name.
1: Riley. Okay. We're like 90%.
0: Okay. Good. I don't actually care what it is. I just want you to, yeah. to
1: settle and be happy with it. Be excited. Yeah, we're excited. We're excited. So, we have a few backups. Baby will come out. Mom will make the final call.
0: Naturally. It's good. Oh, one last story from Eternal Weekend before I let you go. Tell me. Uh, give, give Brian the cards that he needs to complete his deck. He sleeves up his sneak and show deck. I have my Death Shadow deck ready to go. We, we sit on the bed to play. A game for funsies. Uh, he goes land go. I go land thoughts ease you. He lays down his hand. A uh, bunch of bunch of spells, including a fluster storm.
1: Yo, why didn't you fluster storm this?
0: See, that's what I asked him. And you he was, he was just like, I I forgot, I forgot I could do that.
1: <laughs> that's a weird one.
0: He just hadn't played magic in a while, yeah. And, and he was he was worried, uh, I, I guess rightfully so, that uh, it wouldn't be like riding a bike, you know. Uh, but kind of that that sort of like snapped him into gear. And then sort of when he was like casting ponder and brainstorm, he's like, oh yeah, I remember how to do this.
1: Yeah, just need to get the rhythm.
0: But it was just it was that one turn where I was just like, dude, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's it.
1: Cool. Good luck this weekend. Keep me in the loop.
0: Thanks, man. Bye, game.
1: Good luck.